Hilchos Lashon Hara, we begin with a uh, amazing, oh, I don't know if it's in this one. We begin uh, with a, see if there's another one, because not all of them have the Eben Ezra. Um, we begin with Hilchos Lashon Hara uh, has many aspects to it. Uh, probably the, the sh- one of the strongest aspects of Hilchus Lashon Hara is the way we talk about it, which is uh, minding your own business. Obviously, there's it's terrible ramifications of someone who speaks Lashon Hara. Uh, it's something that is um, terrible. You destroy the person you're talking about, you destroy the listener, and you destroy yourself. Um, thank you. Uh, you destroy a lot of things, and it's difficult to do tshuva on Lashon Hara because once you say it, you have no idea, right? The mushal that uh, I think the Chavetz Chaim says, or someone says from, you know, the feathers, um, putting a feather by the door step of everyone you uh, spoke, spoke, said something, you know, sp- said something to, and you put the feathers and he told him come back the next day right he came to his rav and he says how do I do tshuva so he said put a feather by the door of everyone you spoke about or spoke to and then he comes the next day and and uh, the feathers are blown away he has no idea where it went so he says oh so how do I do tshuva he says you're right it's hard because you have no idea when you tell one person something negative about someone you have no idea where it goes to because another guy could have told another guy another guy you can't you can't uh, you can't, you know, track it. So speaking Lashon Hara is terrible. Now, one of the biggest things, um, in my opinion, also about speaking Lashon Hara is the fact that you're, you're losing your um, focus on yourself. Somebody who's a Baal Lashon Hara, somebody who's always focusing on other people, he's focusing on other things, um, he's focused on this person, on that person, negative, negative on that person, truly is, is distracted and his world, as we've been speaking a lot, right? Your world of, of you know, your, your mind and your heart and everything is, you're busy, you're, you're here in this world to focus on yourself. You're here in this world to get to know yourself. That's the, the, our job. Our job is to get to know ourselves. Our job is to understand ourselves. So not only is it terrible to be focused on somebody else, it's even more than that. Why? Because when I see something in someone else and it's negative, I see in someone else that's something that, that we want to make us so happy. Why would it make us so happy? It makes us so happy because it's a, it's a lesson that we have to work on things. It shows us that I got to work on things, right? I'm not perfect either, right? You see someone who has a weakness, right? You see someone who has an anger problem. You see someone who has a laziness problem. You see someone, whatever it might be. You see somebody's, right? So what, you're, and you're, you don't have any chesronos? Everybody has chesronos. Everybody has weaknesses. Everybody has deficiencies. And your deficiency, Nachi's gonna like this one, your deficiency does not make you less than anybody. <laughs> it doesn't make you less than anyone. Because everyone has deficiency. Everybody has chesronos. So when I look at someone, I speak negative about them. What, what am I saying? That they're supposed to be perfect? 
The avoda is for a person to learn himself. The avoda is for a person to know himself. Ooh, shoo. I like this. Quick, quick off the, yeah, hand goes right up. Yeah, Yisrael, go. How do you know what the, who's working on what? How do you know how much someone works on? You could have a guy sleeping all day and he's working on himself more than, than a guy who's in base Medrash all day is working on himself. I don't know. Shkoyach Yisrael. Shkoyach Yisrael. Get us come out. Ready to rumble, as Menachem said. So Yisrael walks in here and gets, gets, gets right in there. Fair? If Yisrael said it's fair, then it's fair. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right, it doesn't make it. Nice. What? Exactly. No one's better. Now, you could do, obviously, a person, especially because we don't know, especially because we don't know, as the Mishnah says, You have no idea, which means whether you do a lot or you do a little bit, as long as you are being machavin yourself, having the right intentions. So you don't know what this, this guy, you don't know the quality of what somebody is doing. You don't know the quality. And that's why it's important to know yourself. Because when a person is focused on understanding himself and knowing himself, which I'm going to get into today's, we're going to have to, um, we'll, we'll continue what we were doing uh, last week with the, with the um, trying to, <coughs> not time management, we'll call it life management, right? Managing your life. But I'm going to tell, you, tell everyone here a story that I think brings out this point, and it brings out the point of what we're saying right now is going ahead and really, really knowing yourself. Why? Because everybody, this is the point, everybody has weaknesses. Everybody has struggles. There isn't anybody who doesn't struggle. The only person who doesn't struggle is a person who's, who's dead. Now, I don't know what his, I don't know what his struggle is, Right? But we'll find out after 120 what that struggle is. But the point is that everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. Oh, Simcharaba, you're inspiring me to talk strong about this right now. And you know why. Because everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. And life is about understanding your struggle. It's not about, it's not about surpassing your struggle. That's not, that's not, that, the goal is not to, to not struggle anymore. Because that's what happens when a person is dead. The, the, the goal is not to accomplish your struggle. The goal is to learn and understand your struggle. You hear what I'm saying? Your goal is to understand your struggle. It's not to, it's not to, it's not, to not struggle. That's up to Hashem to do. As long as I'm doing my hishtadlis, as long as I'm doing what I have to do to make sure I am not struggling in the... In the, not that I'm not strong, to make sure that I, that I am dealing with my struggle to the, to the best of my ability and understanding what it is that my challenge is. Binyamin showed me an incredible piece. Binyamin Brumer showed me an incredible, incredible Ebenezer that changed my life. I thank you, Binyamin, uh, from Rabbi Shapiro in Waterbury. Uh, an incredible, incredible Ebenezer. We're not going to learn the whole thing, but I just want to read that Ebenezer was a Rishan. You know what that is? That means it's like, a, it's like Rashi, saying it's not something you can, uh, you can argue on. I mean, not that you could argue if it was an Akron either, but it's not something that any man's mamash or Rishon. 
Oh, she can make a diak in his, in his language. And what the Eben Ezra says is an incredible thing. The whole, the whole piece is incredible. It's Shmos Lamed Aleph, Parshas Kisisa, Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Yud Ches. And he says very clearly, he says the only way for a person to know Hashem is through knowing yourself. That's what he says. Unbelievable. You can't know Hashem. Is this incredible? So the more you get to know yourself, the more you get to know yourself, the more you will get to know Hashem. To the degree, and we've said this many, 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 many times, but now that I have, Binyama gave me a Mar Makom, now that I have a Mar Makom, Right? I feel even stronger and validated of everything we've always been saying. The more you know yourself, to the degree you know yourself, is going to be to the degree that you know Hashem. So if you're lacking uh, knowing knowledge in yourself, so you're going to be lacking knowledge in Hashem. Incredible. And that's why the purpose of people speaking Lashon Hara, the purpose of people focusing on other people is not just a distraction to hurt other people. Forget about that I'm hurting somebody else. What I'm doing is I am not taking the opportunity, especially when you learn the pshat, when, I, when you see something negative in someone, it's actually you. We're not even going there. But if you go there, then when you see someone, something negative in somebody, you got to go over to them and hug them and kiss them. Say, thank you, thank you so much for being this type of person because now <laughs> I know what I have to work on. Now I know who I am. So it's a gift. When you get married, you'll see that as well. The more in your wife, the more in your children, you see things that are difficult for you in your spouse, in your children, it's really just you getting to know yourself and becoming a better you. So, uh, yes, Reb Zev. That what? Correct. I didn't say it. Ebenezer. I didn't say it. Ebenezer says it. Now I. Now it's a Rishon. Now I don't have to say it's me anymore. Just say it's a Rishon. He said it. Go take it up with him. Right. I know. I know. It's unbelievable, right? But Rebzev, you're a big tzaddik anyway, so I don't know if it applies to you, Rebzev. Rebzev's a big tzaddik. You're a big tzaddik. I don't know if it, it applies to us. Not like me. We're talking about regular people, Rebzev, not someone like you who's a big tzaddik. We have to get to know ourselves more. You're already connected, Tashem. Yes, Arav, Tawil. No. Yeah. How much Hashem loves him and how much power he has because yeah. of his, his lineage, his connection to the Hobbes Declaration and his right. everything. He hasn't even begun to start, he hasn't even begun his, his service of Hashem. Okay. He doesn't even know the basics of. Right? Amazing. 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 How much Hashem 
So I like the Maramakum on that one too. Alaf. Please. I, I'm not, I, I believe you. I'm saying I, I like to see it inside. And I, and I think Rabbi Tawil, what he's saying is, <coughs> is that, <coughs> excuse me, that's knowing yourself. That's what he's saying. You have to know yourself. You have to know yourself. That's knowing who you are. That's knowing where you come from, knowing who you are. Unbelievable. And if a person would realize how great he is, and a person would realize how his struggles are exactly <coughs> what his struggles are supposed to be, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't at all be focused on anybody else. What are you going to get? So what that this guy has that thing that I, I got my stuff that I got to deal with. When I'm finished doing me, then I can start helping somebody else do them. <coughs> when I finish fixing me, then I could maybe think about shayt atzmacha, first fix yourself, and then worry about fixing somebody else. No. <laughs> exactly. No. I don't think so. I, I may, maybe I'm the wrong person. I haven't, I'm still going. I still got a lot to do. No. Now, people say, oh, in the meantime, <coughs> in the meantime, you could help yourself by helping others. You could, right? We're all on a journey. We're all, we're all trying to, you know, work on ourselves. So, you, so I, I could have more experience. That's the beauty of learning from other people because this is, one of the, this is, this is the thing. Because if I have this weakness <coughs> and I have this strength and Naki has a different weakness and a different strength, so we can help each other. He can help me with my weakness and, and his strength and I can help him with my weakness and my strength. And everybody's like that. Nobody has the same weakness and nobody has the same strength. That's why your strengths don't make you better than anyone and your weaknesses don't make you less than anyone. Everyone, everyone has the same struggle. I think they say Reb Shach, Reb Moshe, I heard about both of them, that they, <coughs> they used to stand up for anyone who walked in the room. I mean, it's hard to imagine. They used to stand up for anyone who walked in the room. So they asked, what? They didn't know that the Gadoladar, uh, there's no question Reb Shach and Reb Moshe, in my opinion, probably knew they were the, the Gadoladar, right? <coughs> but what's the Shach? Thank you so much. But what's the Shach? The Shach is, is that maybe that guy, maybe that guy is doing more than I'm doing. So if he's doing more than I'm doing, so my struggle might be, you know, uh, you know, to, to, I might be 90% and I have to get to 100%, but, but, I'm, but I'm only working, you know, 50% hard on it. And this other guy is at 3%, quote unquote, in his shlemus, but he's working much harder than me. So therefore, he's better than me. Isn't that incredible? Better. You know what I mean? He's, 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 he's doing more. He's doing more. Okay, Rabbi Tawil said this. Very good. Nice. Right? The first step, first entrance, is you have to know your value. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, amazing. Okay, beautiful. I Meaning you have to value yourself, as I think Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said, that woe to the person who doesn't know his weaknesses. Woe to the person who doesn't know his weaknesses. 
But oy vavoy, woe, woe, to a person who doesn't know his strengths. You hear that? You have to know your erech. You have to know your value, what your value is, which is incredible, because our generation, echon. Our, thank you, Harav. Thank you. I have to look it up. I like to see that. I like to see. Ah, oh, he says Okay, I'll have to look this up. Let me take a picture. Right? The pshat is, the pshat is, Yitzhi, you mind just taking a picture of this? The pshat is, is that, is that um, our generation, like Nachi was saying, that, that one, our generation, you know, we struggle a lot with value. People feeling that I don't have value. It's one of the things people a lot suffer from. Uh, from codependency, it's very popular nowadays to be codependent and to suffer a lot from that and to feel you are less than and feel that you don't have value, right, for whatever reason. But that's really deep, um, which makes sense. Makes sense uh, that that's what we struggle with. Okay. <coughs> um, <coughs> a quick halach over here. Um, downplaying a compliment. Downplaying a compliment. Right? Sometimes a person is complimented and you downplay that compliment. So first of all, when it comes to Hilchus Lashar, we're on page 57 um, in the Chavetz Chaim, 56 in Purity of Speech. Actually, I'll say this, these two things quickly. Um, the Chavetz Chaim says there are two tactics that the Yitzhahara says, Legabi Lashonara. Number one, he says that it's a mitzvah to talk about that person. You know it's Lashonara, but no, I got to talk about that person. Number two, he'll trap you by using an opposite approach, by saying everything, <coughs> everything you say is Lashon Hara. So I'm not going to bother by not speaking, because no matter what, I, I, I can't talk at all. Chavetz Chaim says it's not true, right? There is what you could be, have a big conversation and not speak Lashon Hara, as the Chavetz Chaim was known to be a good conversationalist. Once someone spoke to him and couldn't believe that he had an hour-long conversation with the Chavetz Chaim, and he said, wow... Um, there was not a trace of Lashonar in our whole conversation, right? One can have a pleasant conversation, yet abide by the Hilchus of Shmir Lashon. Not only that, you'll have a more pleasant conversation if you don't speak Lashonara. Okay. Um, says the Halacha, page 57, downplaying a compliment. And this is very dangerous, because when you're sitting around talking about other people, you have to be very careful, because most of the time, Someone is going to go ahead and say, ah, come on, you're exaggerating. Oh, that guy's such a nice guy. Now, of course, when you're with other people who are, who are, um, don't like that guy, for sure you're not allowed to say something. That would be called avak uh, lashon hara, because you're setting the guy up to say, yeah, or yeah, you're telling me that he's such a good guy, I'm telling you he's not a good guy. But I say in general, whenever you're talking with three, four people, and you're talking about somebody else, the chances are someone is going to get jealous, someone's going to be upset and say, okay, calm down. It's one of the things I said also, <coughs> let's say a store, right? If you go, you go get a schnitzel from, that, from, the, from, the, from the place over here, and someone says, eh, eh, the schnitzels, eh, it's not so good. Pure Lashonari, you can't say that. You can't say, you can't tell someone in a restaurant, eh, don't talk that the schnitzel, oh, I had a great schnitzel sandwich. Yeah, I don't think it's such good schnitzel sandwich. You go to a shawarma place. Oh, delicious shawarma. You have to be careful. Someone says, eh, come on. They don't have the best shawarma. There's a place that has better shawarma. 100% Lashonara. 100% Lashonara. People don't realize that. That's Lashonara. Um, 
Okay, Hashem will help each and every one of us. Will be zoicha to be be value like the Rabbeinu Yoyna. Rabbi Tawil showed us the Rabbeinu Yoyna to to value ourselves, um, intrinsic value. The Eben Ezra says straight out that the avoda to know Hashem. You want to get to know Hashem. You got to get to know yourself. That's it. It's not a self-help book that says it. It's a it's a Arishan. Arishan says you want to know Hashem. You got to get to know yourself, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Rubzev has a question, then I'm going to tell you the story. Go. That that you could say, you could say that. You have to be careful how you say that, but yeah, you could probably say it like that. You obviously, you have to be a little careful with that as well, right? Because I don't know if you would say that to to your mother when she uh, makes right cooks say uh, the food was not to my liking. Say it to your wife, oh, the food's not to my liking. You might hurt them. You might hurt their feelings. So you say to somebody else, the food's not to my liking. You have to probably be careful. It could be, could be it's something to, to be careful with. Yes. Okay. Um, just to continue off of what we were, what we were talking about on Thursday, and uh, I, I, I have a Misa Mamish, a fresh story uh, that happened over Shabbos um, that I'll try and tell a little bit just to bring out a very... Very big point, and I said it's Mamish Mina Shamayim. Um, I asked my daughter if I could say the story. She said fine, or I didn't actually ask her. I told her I was going to say say the story from over Shabbos, and she smiled. She says okay, so I, I take that as a as a as a as a green light. Um, and again, this is this is the 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 first step, and I'm going to tell you where how how important this is, right? Every, a lot of you, a lot of us. When it comes to scheduling ourselves and scheduling our day, we get into the mode of practical mode. Oh, what time am I getting up for chakras? What time am I doing this? How many hours am I doing this? What am I doing this? Right? What should I do? 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 But what we miss most of the time, and I'm going to quote the Masil Yasharim on this, as Ma'chavas right? He doesn't say Ma'chavas and then go right into. Um, the Torah and Mitzvahs, etc. Hashem, right? We've made that diak before, right? He says Yispara v'Yisamitz Eitzel Adam Achavas Balamo. Why does he have to say that? What do you have to say? First, you have to be Yispara v'Yisamitz Eitzel Adam. You have to clarify what you want. First, you have to clarify, clarify, clarify what you want. That's usually the problem because if you know and you're connected to what you want, Rutzon, which is one, is the same letters as Rutz. Ratzon is the same word as rutz, to run. Because when you want something, what do you do? You go get it. If you want something, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't hesitate to go get it. That's anyone whose name is Tzvi. The word Tzvi, people think, means deer. It does mean deer. But the reason a Tzvi is a deer is because Tzvi in Hebrew means to desire. That's what it means. Tzvi in Hebrew means to desire. And when you desire something, you run. That's why they probably, a deer is called a deer, because it, it runs. Because when you're desiring something and you want something, you run after it. So what happens is, most of us, our problem is not your daily schedule. Your problem is not that you didn't fill out your schedule well enough. That's not your problem. Your problem is, most of the time, that you're not tapped in to what you truly, truly, truly want. 
What do I really want to get out of today? What do I really truly want to get out of this week? What are my goals for the week? What do I really want deep down? And here we go. This is, this is a story. It might, you might, it might appear to not really have such a connection, but as we talk it out, I think you'll see the connection. Basically, my daughter is in ninth grade, and she's finishing up the school year, and she has a lot of tests, like every day, test, test, test. She's in a very um, uh, productive, um, what's the word? I don't know what word to use. A very classic, um, you know, uh, strong high school where they work hard, and they work them hard with a lot of tests. So Shalashuddha's time, she was studying the whole Shabbos. She has a test today. She has a test tomorrow. She has a test the whole week. And Shalashuddha's time, as the, as the uh, sun is going down, and I don't know if many of you probably had this, when you have something, a busy week or a nervous week or something to do Sunday, Monday, and Shabbos comes to an end, there's like an underlying anxiety that comes because Shabbos gives a person a break and then comes the week, now it's time to, let's get going. And she started literally getting so anxious and anxious and anxious and anxious. So we were schmoozing. We were talking about it, and I speak to her all the time about it, right? She knows how to do breathing, and she knows how to do this. And what is the biggest thing that we were talking about? Do you think we got into any scheduling, right? The first step would be, quote-unquote, or should be what? Why are you, right? Why are you anxious? Don't be anxious, right? Those are the conversations usually people will have with their children or tell people. Don't get anxious. You have nothing to get anxious about. Are you studying or this, but right? Bad, that, that's bad advice to say that to, to someone who's anxious. What are you getting anxious for? What is it? The first thing to realize when you're anxious is what? Is, in my mind, one of the first things I do is you make a checklist, which is basically, is this appropriate to be anxious about this? And 99.9% .9 of the time, it is appropriate to get anxious about the thing that you're getting anxious about. And even if it's not, it's also appropriate to get anxious because you're getting anxious. So you trust your feelings of getting anxious. But what did I say? I spent about a half hour saying it's okay that you are anxious. It's okay. Stop fighting the fact that you are anxious. Don't fight the fact that you're anxious because the anxiety of being anxious is more than the anxiety of whatever you're anxious about about to begin with. Again, a person gets anxious, a person gets nervous, we'll call it. A person gets a certain way and then he's fighting it. And I use this example, Yitzi, if I'm pushing against you like this, yeah, what are you doing? You push back, what does that make me do? Push harder. Push harder. If you push against some, something and then that thing pushes back, you naturally are gonna push harder. Try that to somebody. You push someone, if someone pushes back, you're gonna push harder. So when a person's feeling nervous about something and you're nervous, so what happens? You fight, I don't wanna be nervous, I don't wanna be, and she kept on saying that. Oh, Tati, I don't wanna be nervous, I hate being nervous, and I was like, I know it stinks to be nervous. And I'm like, where do you feel it? Okay, in the chest, in the stomach, wherever, wherever she felt it, but what is it? Okay, that's fine, great. Oh, but then it hurts, it hurts. So we spent about 10, 15 minutes just saying, and then I said, I get anxious too. And I said, everybody who I know gets anxious. And I said, you're anxious now in ninth grade. 
taking finals. I'm sure next year there'll be different times. I came up with a line, Baruch Hashem, it's a Shalashudis line that I'll remember for a long time. I said, Gam ze ya'avar, which means it too will pass, right? Shlomo Amel said, it's not my line. I said, Gam ze ya'avar, Avi, you like this because it's Hebrew a little bit. Gam ze ya'avar, which I said, your anxiety is not going to stay forever. Sometimes a person gets nervous, they think they're going to stay nervous. But I said, Vize yachzar. It's going to come back also. Why do I say that? Gam ze ya'avar, vize yachzar. It'll come back. Why? Because the pshat is, is that sometimes we want to get rid of the feelings. We want to get rid of certain things that come up inside of us. We want to get rid of it. And what we do is we miss the whole entire point. Because the whole entire point is not not to be nervous. Because you're not going to be nervous with this thing. Something else is going to come and it's going to make you nervous. And it's okay for a person to be nervous. It's okay for a person to be. The biggest problem I think happens to a person is we fight the nervousness and we fight really what's going on inside of us. And every person, every person has different things that they struggle with. Every person has different things that make them nervous. When you're 50 years old, when you're 30 years old, when you're 20 years old, when you're 80 years old, no matter what age you are, you have different things that are going to make you nervous. Now here's the catch. This is the final, first of all, question comments on that. And then I'm going to tell you the, the icing on the cake for this story. Question comments on that. Clarifications, comments, please. Some karaba. Somebody. Yeah? Yisrael. Come on, you came out strong. Let's go. I think it's, it's good. Yeah? Yeah, everybody good? Make sense? Okay, here's the catch. Ready? Ready? Ten minutes later, I saw my daughter. I, I Davin Marav. I went to Davin Marav. And then after Marav, I, I come back. And I see my daughter sitting there making a plan. This is the key. Making a plan and a schedule for the week. Sitting there making a practical plan for the week. And I said, ah, that's it. That's it. Why? Because what do we most of the time do? Most of the time we say, I'm anxious about something. I'm bothered by something. Let me fix it. How do I fix it? Oh, don't be nervous. Go ahead and do X, Y, and Z. Don't be nervous. Study. Don't be nervous. Make a schedule. Don't be nervous. Do, 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 whatever it might be. We want to get rid of the anxiety. We want to get rid of the, the, the whatever nervousness, whatever it might be, by putting it into action. But that is skipping a step. You skip a step when you do that. What happens is <coughs> when you put your schedule based on to, to sh shut something down and you're not scheduling after you've given yourself the space to feel a certain way, and to get in touch with yourself, then your schedule, all your schedule is doing is trying to push down what you truly, truly, truly want. And that's the chiddush that I want to say with what we've been saying with the time management that hit me. The reason it's dangerous for a person to schedule himself before he's tapped into what he really wants is because by you scheduling what you, just scheduling, 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 
what happens is what you're doing is you are trying to avoid and you're trying to push to the side exactly deeply what you want because if you really want something you don't even really really need to worry about scheduling it what do you have to schedule it did you have to schedule the fact that you're sitting here today you don't have to schedule that why because obviously the fact that you're here must be that you wanted to be here you don't have to schedule those things usually we have to schedule the things that we don't want usually we have to schedule the things that we don't want okay question comments and we wrap up for today Somebody challenge me. Ah, oh, Silk Road. I like everything about the story. That's good, good. What do you mean? I said? the story, you were talking about how important it is to know what you want. Yeah. Oh, meaning I was equating it to Yisparvi Samad Zaytzala, the Machovasa Balamo. Well, Meaning what you want? Meaning why am I why am I why am I translating my obligation because so okay, I mean probably push it um, I could answer that that my obligation <coughs> to fulfill my obligation that why I was put on this world um, is deep down what I want to do. We all want to want to live the life that we were uh, made to live. We all want to uh, be responsible and live up to what we are responsible to do. That's deep down what we want. That's what we want to do. What am I obligated? Why did I come down into this world? Deep down, that's probably what we, deep down, like I've said many times, people get nervous when I say, get in touch with what you want. And people say, really, really, I should really get in touch with what I want. Like they're challenging me. Well, do you know what's going to happen if I really get in touch with uh, with what I want, you know, yeah, what's going to happen? Let's see what's going to happen. So I think that ultimately that is, you know, it reminds me of a guy who said, uh, I heard this story where a guy who said, um, you know, uh, he was in, in therapy and he, and he wanted to, he was, he wanted to, he, he was worried that by his being in therapy, he's going to be upset at his parents and he's starting to open up about him being upset at his parents Blah, 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 and um, you know, so whatever. It's a whole long story, but basically, uh, the therapist said, you know, keep it of aim. How am I allowed to? Lushan hara, blah, blah blah, whatever. Right? It's going to make me be upset at his parents. So I, I forgot how the whole story went, but basically, the punchline was, you're upset at your parents. You're upset at your parents. No one's going to make you be upset at your parents. Nobody can make you, right? You already have that feeling there. Right? So it's like that with your want. Deep down, by you getting in touch with what you want, nothing's changing. Nothing's changing in, in, in what you want. You're just getting in touch with the depth of who you are. The depth of who we are. Every person wants to get up early and have a fantastic, amazing, productive, very, very productive day. Every person... Give me a tissue. Every person wants to be productive, very productive, and have an amazing day. The reason we have trouble doing that is because we're not tapped in to what we truly, truly, truly want. That's the problem. The problem is not your schedule. The problem is not that you went to bed too late. Thank you very much. The problem is not that you're waking up too late. The problem is not anything but the fact that you're not tapped into what you want. Because when a person gets tapped into what he wants, to really do, he will do it. 
He will do it. He'll be able to push through it. He'll be able to accomplish. And just to tell you in general, just to wrap up, just to wrap up with this, if you are not living the life that you want to do, it's going to be very, very, very challenging. Because life as it is, is very difficult. So if you're working a job that you really don't want to work, if you're living a life that you really don't want to live, so then could you imagine how big the challenges are going to be to accomplish whatever you're going to accomplish? But if a person really truly has tapped into what he wants to do, and you're really tapped in to who you are and what you feel, and that's the key to remember your anxiety, your nervousness, your struggles. I promise you the guy next to you has struggles, has anxieties, has anxious. What, what's the difference? It makes no difference. So you're going to switch with him, he'll have what you have. Like Rabbi Aaron from Karlin said, oh, I wish I was like Avram Avinu. I wish I was on the Madrig of Avram Avinu. And then he's like, wait one second. So if I'm going to be like Avram Avinu, then who's going to be me? So Avram Avinu is going to have to be me. So I'm going to be Avram. Avram's going to be me. So what's the point of me being Avram Avinu? I just want to be like Avram Avinu so I could be a Balgaiva and be like Avram. So I might as well just be me and let Avram be him. So that's the shot with all of us. Your feelings your anxieties, your troubles, your challenges are all yours. They belong to you. And the more we embrace them, and the more we stop fighting those challenges that we have, the more we stop fighting those challenges. And by the way, it's a key to anxiety as well. If you want to get rid of your anxiety, if you want to get rid of your anxiety, don't look to get rid of your anxiety. I know it's a uh, catch-22. But if you want to get rid of your anxiety, don't try and get rid of your anxiety. That's how you'll get rid of your anxiety. But you can't do like a trick. You can't be like, oh, okay, I really accept it. You have to really, truly accept your struggles. The only way for you really to accomplish and get over your struggles is to truly, truly, right? It's the old story I say with parents. When parents tell me, oh, you know, I say, you just have to accept your son. You just have to accept your son who he is. And if I accept my son who he is, is he going to change? I'm like, no, that's not accepting your son for who he is. That's not really, truly accepting if you want him to change. And it's the same thing with ourselves internally. When we truly, truly, truly love and embrace and stop pushing away those feelings, that's what we do. We get these feelings and we push them away. Don't push away your feelings because you're going to do the same thing to your kid, I promise you. Your kid's going to be crying, your kid's going to be anxious and you're going to say, stop crying, stop being anxious, come on, get over it, you'll be okay, let's go. It doesn't mean that that won't happen. My daughter went ahead 15 minutes later and she's already making a schedule. I didn't even tell her to make a schedule. All I told her to do was, it's okay that you're anxious. Be anxious. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay to have those feelings. Don't push away those feelings. The more we push away feelings that we have, the more we push away the wants that we have, the more those feelings come back strong against us. Hashem should help us all. We should be zocha to not worry about our past, not be scared of our future. There's nothing to be afraid of. And if you're afraid, it's okay that you're afraid. That's very, uh, that's very appropriate. Have a wonderful first day of the rest of your life.